Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series of small business sustainability. And our guest this week, well, imagine waking up one morning and realizing the weight of responsibility on your shoulders, not just for you and your family, but your employees, their families, and all of your customers. How do you deal with that? How do you handle that? Well, we're going to learn from our guest this week here on Small Business Celebration. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Ben Laverty IV, the COO of California Safety Training Corporation. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you, Michael. And for visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? My name is Ben William Laverty IV. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at California Safety Training, and I'm in charge of everything from taking out the trash to making sure that we <laughs> um, that we are hitting the mark for Cal OSHA, and generally to make sure that we're providing a good service for our clients in terms of training and motivating people to be safe. Yes, that's Ben Laverty the Fourth. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you had no choice in the matter, but your father was Ben Laverty III, he is, and, and he's the one who founded the business, was he not? Correct, yes, he did, and 1985. The thing, Visionaries, is, is originally I was going to re-interview his father, and when I called him up and I said, hey, we've had a lot of changes since we first interviewed you like a million years ago, would you like to come on the show? He says, well, Michael... That'd be great, but I'm really enjoying my retirement up here in the Sierra, and Ben is running the show now. And you are! <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you didn't start your career off just right out of high school or right out of college here in the business. You started off doing the rock climbing business? So I, I was a passionate rock climber okay. in my early 20s. All right. And when I say passionate, to the point of, you know, really having a training regimen and right. uh, I had some connections within that rock climbing world and there was a gentleman that was opening a rock climbing gym in the early 90s in San Luis Obispo. It's still there. Okay. I helped them design it, open it. I was the initial first year manager of that and that was my first job coming out of Cal Poly okay. with an ag business degree okay. to go ahead and jump into the retail side and do a rock climbing gym. And the thing that I found that I loved out of that was do the training and education piece. So we designed trainings for people to hold the ropes and climb correctly when they're out there. It's pretty straightforward and easy, but um, we did all these curriculums and classes around that and recorded them. And I thought, okay, we need to, uh, I, I enjoy that more than I did the retail business. And then... You back became, to school. Back to school. Married, back to school, okay. and uh, got a multiple subject teaching credential from Cal Poly. Started teaching in Santa Maria a few years later. Twins, mother-in-law with cancer, oh, no. and Bakersfield, the big um, whooshing sound that Bakersfield <laughs> sucks you back to it. The amazing community that we have, right? Right, right. And I told my wife when we were going to move back here right. that within three years, I will... I'll be working with my dad. Why is that? It's a, a great business. Uh -huh. um, uh, serve the purpose that 
for me to contribute to society, to generally be doing a good thing. Okay. I feel like his business really helps people, has helped the community, has been a great asset for uh, the agricultural community of California, not just Kern County, but California. And so um, I found that to be a big draw for me that I would have more influence. And I was influential as a teacher. You know, you have a big impact on those. I taught first grade, so okay. you have a big impact on six-year-olds. Right. You know? I mean, I see my students now that they've grown up and they're working and they catch me around Bakersfield and they say, hey, you know, we loved you, you're a great teacher, and that feels great. Now it's more on the business side and being influential to help the world be a better place. Is there a similarity in the teaching of six-year-olds and 26-year-olds? No, no, it's it's the same. The really? principles of teaching humans are the same. How so? There's break it down into um, digestible chunks, right? Right, and adjust your methods and means for teaching to fit the learner. Mm -hmm. Then to make sure that they got it. Check for understanding. Mm. Let them share back with you. Right. Express their concerns. See what's going on. No different from six to twenty-six. D the difference becomes in terms of choice. Oh. Six-year-olds, a little more management um, in terms of classrooms. Right. And with adults, if they get out of line, it's a little more like, okay, I'm here for you. We're all adults. Is it time for a break? Right. Whereas with six-year-olds, if you say, hey, I'm here for you. We're all adults. They look at you. <laughs> We're not all adults. So they're... You know, the expectation from them is, hey, the teacher establishes that rhythm. Right. And you adjust that for your um, students in your classroom. Nothing happens if I've done my job. Ah. So convincing people, company owners, and saying, hey, CSTC's helped you do a great job with your employees so you haven't had any injuries, it's been boring on the safety front, right. then I would go, ah, oh, that's at the point that you need to say, hey, my safety program is working or I'm getting lucky. Which is it? Right. Am I getting lucky or am I, or is this safety program effective? CSTC does a lot in the oil business, this is a lot in the ag business, but there's a lot of other businesses that are out there. What kinds of services that you offer for the other business owners, especially those that have three, four, five, ten employees? Businesses that I would say, hey, we, we may not need to help them are administrative type businesses. Okay. They're categorized at the Kalosha level as low hazard industries. Mm -hmm. They tend to be um, administrative offices and accounting firms, sure. perhaps, okay. right? Enough. On the other side, even in banking industry, we have clients in the banking industry, in the hospital slash uh, healthcare industry. We work in the construction world quite a bit. Okay. So if I was to term it out, I probably would go ag, construction, and oil. Really? Interesting enough. Okay. I know that oil field safety is a huge deal, and we have good clients that we've worked with for years in that industry. Right. We're known as the agricultural safety industry. Yeah. For these small businesses, here's what I would say. I want to help them with their documentation, an injury and illness prevention program, often called an IIPP. Okay. Second, I want to do inspections of the site 
and audit their books and programs to make sure that they're meeting the standard from Cal OSHA, or if it's in ag, maybe meeting the standard for environmental health department, which is the EPA side. Right. And then also to meet the standard from the ag commissioner, that tends to be around pesticides or weights and measures. Right. And we tended to help them with their pesticide compliance for the ag commissioner. That also goes back to the Department of Pesticide Regulation at the state level. One of the things about a lot of business owners that I've learned over the 240 so episodes is that business owners tend to either be proactive or reactive. And you had mentioned earlier that the, the best indication that you're doing well is when nothing happens. <laughs> for, for you guys' business. Work happens, but no injuries, right? No <laughs> no uh, unplanned for uh, uh, events, right? Right, sure. Unplan I like that, unplanned for events. But then you have the business owners that are reactive. And what's some of the things that you offer for the business owner that gets caught putting a, a, a folding ladder on top of a forklift or, or something, something else? Probably not nearly as dangerous. We... Uh, function as an employer representative for our clients. Mm. And awesome. we represent them legally within the Cal OSHA world when they receive violations. Mm. And it's always the um, business owner's choice. Right. But we function as that and then we represent them. In effect, we deal with the Cal OSHA appeals process, um, help them to make sure that they're represented fairly. Mm. You know, it's not something that they teach you in business school. Here's right. what you do if the OSHA inspector shows up, gives you a citation, what's next? Right. Right. We're um, certainly experts on that. We've been doing that for many years. So we would represent clients and say, hey, uh, we want it to be fair mm -hmm. and um, work with Cal OSHA to settle the issue most of the time. And if not, um, eventually go to hearing where there's a legal determination made by an administrative law judge. That's pretty rare, right. but does happen. Does happen. Mm. If visionaries want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Call us. Okay. We're a little old school. You, could, you <laughs> can go through our website, info at cstcsafety.com, okay. or call us at 661-377-8300. We're easy to find on Google. California Safety Training Corporation. When we come back in the next segment, we're going to talk about making it stick. We're going to talk about, okay, you're trying to teach a new system, a new process, but your employees are having a hard time retaining it. How do you fix that? And if you enjoy a small business celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify. And again, we're going to talk about making it stick. So when we come right back. The winter season is rapidly approaching. But are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clareau Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clareau Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clareau Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClareauTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clareau Tire at 661-324-6069 today. I'm here with Ben Laverty IV, the COO of California Safety Training Corporation, and our visitor question comes from Kyle who asks, we're training our staff on some new systems and procedures, but I'm not sure how much of it is sticking. 
how do you measure how much they've retained by how they perform when you're not watching them? That's kind of a good barometer to, if you're a successful coach or not. Correct. And if you're a successful teacher as okay. well, right. or in this case, a safety trainer. Right. Um, and for him, it was uh, systems and procedures. Okay. A random check, right? Mm. Like, that's the way. Is, okay. is you have a system that randomizes your supervision that allows you to go and look and see if these procedures and policies are being implemented. How are you rewarding good behavior? Uh, mostly rewarding good behavior in a um, setting like today, we're having a staff meeting later, right. where there either be could be recognition, or it might be that we don't recognize them um, as a group, because I do have some people here who don't appreciate public recognition. Mm. They're uncomfortable with that. It's it's fair, relatively rare. Most people want to be recognized with their peers. Right. Um, so recognition is a big spot, given that positive um, reinforcement to it. And then, hey, if you, uh, after coaching, you catch someone not doing it or right. not meeting the standard, you coach them. And if they're still not doing it, then you give them a written warning. You follow that procedure. Eventually, hey, if they can't follow the procedure and it's critical to your business, you're going to have to terminate them. You're going to have to let them go. One of the things prior to our interview that one of you and your staff members were talking about was the upcoming Dodger game. Yes. And why do you do that? Um, well, I, it, we had, I had a, a, a question come up a week ago, and they said, um, the question was, in the business, do you need to do things outside of the business um, that's not part of normal business activities to create culture? Mm. And I, my answer was yes. I think that you need to, as a business owner, if you're successful, you need to create opportunities that are outside of the normal day in, day out, nine to five or eight to five or six to six, depending on what your business is, right? right? To have activities that allow for your staff to get to know each other on a personal level. So we're going to the Dodger game this Friday. It's our chosen activity by the leadership team this year. And um, we've done everything from picnics to, you know, go out to dinner. We've done lots of things. In fact, I think the biggest thing we did was we one time went on a company cruise. So that was pretty fun. So we're always looking for those things sure. that will um, have people make a connection together. Uh, you, you need to have friends at work. On the other side, you know, it work is work. So you also need to, you know, have that discipline and stick to it. Is this Dodger game that you're doing also a way to help reinforce the goals that you have within the company, within the business, to develop and grow and reward? those successes that the collective group of the business and their employees Absolutely. Achieve. Absolutely. And, and, but you have to be careful that that's not the only thing. Mm -hmm. So absolutely it is. We can't do this if we can't afford to do this. We need to, money is the fuel, whoops, excuse me. Money's the fuel to drive the machine that CSTC is. Mm. So, it, but it's not the point. For us, the point is about values, integrity, um, you know, help all people regardless of background, skill, and education, and 
often for my staff, that hits home because we deal with a lot of workers out there who may not be as oriented to a classroom. Mm. They may not have had this great experience in the classroom. Right. You know, they're uh, blue collar workers, which I'm super proud of Bakersfield that it gets stuff done. Right. Right. Um, on but at the same time, they couldn't wait to graduate from high school. <laughs> they were done being stuck in the classroom right. sitting there. They right. needed to move and do things. And I can really relate. Right. I can relate. I have a hard time sitting here and not moving my hands, not jumping around, right? So right. Um, I, I, I love athletics. So I get the movement piece of it and the doing something and accomplishing something. Right. So um, I lost track of the question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's okay. Well, let me go ahead and parlay this into something else, too, because one of the things we mentioned in the first segment is that you're running the show now mm -hmm. for your father. And, and he's the one who started the business, started Correct. the company, and he started the culture yep. and started everything. But now that you're the one running the show, how's the business changed for you? Um... There's more weight on my shoulders, okay. meaning that I feel that responsibility to uh, customers, clients, their employees, the people mm -hmm. that are there. Mm -hmm. And I feel the weight of that with my staff and their families, and they rely on us to have a place where they're employed. They make their living, and, um, you know, CSDC is, uh, we have employees who have left decades ago who we'll talk to and they'll say we still bleed CSDC green. Right. Right. They it's a it's um, a team, a family, uh, a group of people that have been together a long time that certainly serve clients and serve people in a way that helps them. Uh, I don't know of anyone who would out there say that that they want their employees to be unsafe. Right. Nobody starts like that. Tell me about the time that the realization hit. I don't know that it was a lightning strike. I'm a, I'm not the smartest person in the world. So I'm a, a learn by experience and I've, I find that, um, that I discover that I've learned things by reflecting. Mm. So the things change, I'm, I'm responding in a way that does that. And I think within the last five years, mm -hmm. that process has occurred. That's when that realization hit. Um, so I think when you watch the world go through and have a pandemic. Hmm. I had a lot of people and clients and just general population asking me, okay, what do we need to do? And that might be a business owner, but it also might be my cousin, mm -hmm. you know, who's saying, hey, what are, the, what are the things that you're thinking about for COVID right now, Ben? Right. And I think maybe in that COVID, I really felt that weight that not only the, hey, we need a good policy because the state of California says you got to have a policy. Right. You got to have some 
procedure in place to mitigate the risk. Right. The, but the, the 10 year old can get the idea, hey, this is a big deal, what should I do? Right. And I had the 10 year old talking to me about that mm -hmm. and, and looking at me. That's a wait, right? Because, you know, uh, controversial statement, I think that masks were a, a good um, idea at the point when we said to wear masks, and I'm not saying a mandate, but I thought it was a good idea in that, okay, if you're breathing through this mask, then certainly it's gonna at least knock down the spit that's coming out of your mouth that might obviously contaminate and have someone else get sick. Right. So just from that standpoint, now does it have to be a mask and did we need to mandate that and did we make all those rules? Okay, I'm, I'm a bit of a freedom fighter in that I really think that people need to have and be able to make a choice. Right. On the other side, like you're saying, um, the rewards and so forth for that. So I think during um, COVID, I certainly recognized and had more time to reflect, less going and doing, right. you know, not allowing, uh, at the beginning, they wouldn't allow us to have a, a we, we read the rules as not being able to have more than nine people at a meeting. Right. It was a huge deal for us, even if we were sitting out in the field and lining everyone out. And we watched lots of videos and films about people bragging about, hey, you did a great job on this training. And we were looking at it like, well, we can't line up 50 people in chairs outside and train them because we don't think that's the way the rules read. So we want to follow the rules ourselves and encourage them. But on the other side, we want it to make sense. And I'd like to see a, a society and culture that also allowed us to have the freedom to make choice. How did the decisions that you make now, now that you understand the weight of what you have, change than 10 years ago? I, I just give it more consideration. Hmm. At 10 years ago, um, I think that I would have felt like the decisions were easier and I would have given them less consideration and I would have passed it off to my pops and go, hey, you're the final decision maker here. Right. Um, and so I think, um, I think that's a big change and that I would give it con more consideration Consider the, um, make a rule, any rule that you want. Doesn't matter what rule you make. There's going to be an, a consequence from that rule that you did not expect. Right. Look for those. Mm -hmm. That's what I do better now. That's what I'm better at now because I'll give these um, potential consequences or potential outcomes more consideration rather than, hey, I wanted to solve this issue, um, one particular problem. It might be, oh, I have an issue with hand safety using uh, hammers and nails. And we might go, oh, well, let's use a pair of pliers to hold the nail and hammer the nail. Right. Uh, what's the consequence of that? Well, now we have a more complex system where before we just used the nail, started the nail with that. You go to the nail gun, you solve the whole issue. And then on the other side, then now we have a nail gun and we have our ish safety issues around using a nail gun. Right. So some of them are simple things. I'm much better now at, based on experience and based on being an open-minded person, that your decisions 
can solve the specific issue and may have alternative consequences that make those decisions less desirable. So you'll modify them. And we just keep doing that. The reason we're talking with Ben Laverty IV is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. We had a visioneer that wanted to find out, gamification, really? And does it actually work? So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And who knows, maybe your question will appear here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Ben Laverty IV, the COO of California Safety Training Corporation, and our visioner question comes from Jennifer who asks, I understand that gamified training leads to greater information retention, but I feel silly turning everything into a game, and does it actually work? <laughs> and this is kind of controversial because, you know, so what, you know, tell me, what do you think? Well, I mean, a couple things is that to be really clear, and then I want to digress a sure, little. Right, a little. Right. To be really clear, uh, gamification should be part of any training program or education program. Well, let's take a step back for a second. What is gamified training? So uh, gamification normally uh -huh. in, in my world is that there's some kind of game we're playing that has a, uh, uh, usually has some kind of winner associated mm -hmm. with it, a little bit of competition, okay. and that um, it can be that you're learning and using this knowledge and applying it in a way that um, gives you immediate feedback. Mm. That's how I would think of gamification. Okay. The classic gamification are the Jeopardy game that we have in our safety training class that right. we ask questions that are applicable to people come up and they you know, hit their uh, marker and say, hey, we know the answer. So right. they get a point and that team gets a point, the other team gets a point, that kind of thing, kind of family feud, Jeopardy style sure. gamification. Okay. This is what people think about when right. they think of gamification. I would go further philosophically and say gamification is can literally sometimes be the test at the really? end of the training. Okay. I have always enjoyed tests. I think they're a game. Okay. I like to win games. I like to compete. So I've always thought of tests as a gamification of that. And we always have a, well, not always, 95% of the time we have a written test with our classes. Right. You have to Guess be able what? to prove that they've retained the information, right? Prove that they understood at the moment, right? right? right. So gamification is another element of that. I um, uh, know of people who do this style throughout their trainings. Mm. That can be effective. We happen to do it at the end. Okay. So that that's one side. On the So I think it's a tool that should be utilized. Okay. I don't think it's the tool. Okay. There's no magic pill. That's like saying, hey, use the same... Um, uh, everyone has to eat the same dinner. Everyone needs the same amount of calories. E everyone needs to be taught. Everyone's brain is the same. That's right. just not true. Right. So if you were saying, hey, gamification is the answer to all your training needs, and you're going to have everyone understand their information perfectly, and we're going to prove it. Well, then I'm going to go, yeah. You're going to no. lose half of your students because they learn from reading a book. You got it. You know, so um, should we uh, utilize this tool? Yes. Is it the answer? No. Where do you get? Because there's no the answer. Sure. Where do you get ideas on different kinds of games? Because for some of us, 
you know, we've got the manual, we've got the book, we're, we're supposed to figure out how to train this stuff, but my wife is the one who knows how to <laughs> create games. I am not. How, how do you, what, what resources do you use to, to look these things up and, and implement them? Computers. I, okay. I don't know. I haven't been um, really conscious of going after gamification. Right. Maybe it's my personality. Uh, games are easy, and it's easy to come up with ideas to apply them. That's part of maybe my strength and creativity is saying, oh, this would be a great game right. for this. Um, uh, so I don't know. Well, maybe there's something there for uh, cstc.com forward slash games and go ahead and create your own app. <laughs> right? Somewhere. Maybe there is. Maybe there's an idea around that. I think that um, I would look at it as, and I, I, taking it, again, life is a game. Right. I think like that sometimes. Mm. So when somebody says that to me, oh, you need to gamify it, I'm like, well, I'm living that game. You know, after you have the, I used to say the four basics, I'll now say the five basics, food, water, shelter, clothing, and healthcare. Healthcare is the one I've kind of added. Right. I think many people, you know, uh, those are some fundamental building blocks that everyone feels like that, that they need to right. live, right? right? So after that, everything's part of the, the game, uh... right? So once your needs are met, then, and then some people would say, oh, well, you have more needs than that. We need love. We need, you know. Okay, but but the physical needs, right? You know, how many calories do you need? You need to sleep a certain amount. You need protection from the elements. You know, those are, to me, after that, it's a game. But that's a stoic style philosophy, right? Bringing it to it, you know. So, when you're not here, <laughs> what do you like to do for fun? And you laugh because you spend a lot of time here. But when but when you're not here, what do you like to do for fun? Um. A, a lot of things, but I think I have a mantra, faith, family, work, and play. Mm -hmm. um, I've been considering adding a little element to that and go, because I consider some of my close friends to be family. So I might go faith, family, friends, mm -hmm. work, and play. Um, I think we need to do each of these, have aspects of these in our life on a daily basis. So um, I think that when I'm not here, part of mine is to be uh, thoughtful about my relationship with God and my faith. Um, I make a conscientious effort and utilize my calendar to make sure that I'm spending time with my family and my wife and that we have a great relationship. Um, with work, I also use that same calendar and have that. And even for play, I'll put those in for time. And I think that outside of here, I might be exercising the interesting things I've done, I ran 50 miles on my 50th birthday. I think that Congratulations. That, could be, that could be interesting. I left my house in um, Oildale, which um, my Oildale crew that lives in Oildale proper says that I live in Royaldale. I'm, <laughs> I'm on the wrong side of the freeway, right? Right, right. But I went out, went out my door and ran out to Hart Park and then ran from Hart Park over to Rancheria Road. And I ran up Rancheria Road until I got to 50 miles. I was basically at the ski resort up there at Shirley Meadows. Nice. So that's cool. Like that's something to, that people find interesting or maybe they just think it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love doing that. I love to work out. I'm uh, active uh, and do a, an early morning workout goal being, you know, two to five times a week at get up at 4.30 in the morning, be exercising from five to six. Again, it depends on how schedule goes and what happens. 
The 50 miles that you ran. Yes. What did that teach you that you applied to your business? Yeah, great. Um, that when you think that you don't have anything left for your business, you do. Hmm. So? You just keep walking through the valley of the shadow. Hmm. Right? You just keep trying. You just keep giving your best. I have the luxury of having a, in, being part of a business that was already in movement, that was already successful. Um, I really respect founders. I saw my dad be a founder, right, and saw the sacrifices he made. And, um, and I don't have to make as many sacrifices as he did. I also don't get the satisfaction of starting a business like that, and I, I'm okay with that. I love what I'm doing. I definitely get to scratch the entrepreneurial itch and really enjoy the creativity that comes with it and love doing it. So for me, it's that the grit, the resilience, the when you feel down, we all, we're all emotional, we're all human, we're all gonna make mistakes. Do you keep going? Do you keep giving your best effort? That's what we, that's what it taught me. And reiterates and continues. Those kind of physical things keep giving that to me. Ben, this has been a real treat. Thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate your audience. And if visioners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Please um, call the office, 661-377-8300, and ask for Ben the Fourth, and you'll get to me. Um, the other way is, you know, using uh, the website is a great way. Those info at CSTC comes to me. If you really want to email me, you can. It's B-I-V at C-S-T-C Safety. Ben the Fourth at C-S-T-C Safety. And I'll be right back with my final thought. The winter season is rapidly approaching. But are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clarua Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clarua Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clarua Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClaruaTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clarua Tire at 661-324-6069 today. The True Law of Reciprocity Recently, a former visioneer guest of Small Business Celebration has earned a very prestigious award from California State University Bakersfield for his philanthropy. And he's one of these kind of guys that what you saw on tape during the show, yeah, that's the same guy that you meet in the grocery store or out in the community or just any time in life. He's the same guy. And the other part of it too is it doesn't matter how bad your day is, he makes you feel better. He's also one of these guys that's constantly there to build you up and encourage you and, and help you grow and become even better for you, your family, and the community. Recently, I had a conversation with another business owner and the green-eyed monster of, of envy came out. 
And he was talking about how he has given even more money to the university, but he has never received such an award like the Visioneer had. Later, when I was driving home, I was thinking about it, and it hit me that the real reason why the Visioneer has received this award was because it wasn't just how he gave the money or helped encourage others to give the money. It was the way he did it. He makes you want to give. He makes you want to be better. He makes you and encourages you to become the better person than you think you can be. And that is the true law of reciprocity. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Ben Laverty IV, and I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business, and we'll see you here again next week when we celebrate another small business making a big breakthrough. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.